over their families' lives, the one that they that they hold dear in their heart, Lord. And I just ask that you would, would do that, Lord, uh, and, and it's for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.
try another new one out on y'all?
Ages three to third grade can go. Everybody else, if you have your Bible, open up to John chapter six. John chapter 6. And then put you, put you a mark on Deuteronomy chapter 8. You know, a lot of times, you know, different messages are kind of geared towards different, I guess, different folk. You know, when I prepare a message, I don't have nobody in mind. Some people think the preacher sits around and thinks about different people. And I really think more about myself than do y'all when I'm, when I'm preparing and studying. And, and, uh, and a lot of times on Sunday morning, I try to take the opportunity. I always want to share the gospel and give the hope of the gospel in case there's somebody here that doesn't know the Lord. Um, but this morning is more geared towards believers, and I, you know, I, I, um, I used to be the average church member sitting back there on the back row for years, and <clears throat> and uh, didn't know what I was doing other than coming to church and hearing. You know, and I, I would come to church and I'd hear, I'd hear the message, and you know, back then the church I went to, most of the time you, you left feeling guilty, and you thought that's what it was about, and. And and you view different people in the church as, you know, they're on a different level and, and the Lord really loves them and He can do great things in their life and through them and, and bless them. But, you know, and, I, and then there was me. You know, I was on the back row and, and, and as I went through the the week, you know, I'd, I'll be honest with you back then, you know, I'd think about the Lord some and every once in a while I'd crack the Bible open and, and a lot of times it was just like, yeah, I just don't get this. And, 
And I went through all that process, and, and honestly, for me, most of it was just uh, I was so wrapped up in the world, and, and I thought what I had was, and it was, it was average. You know, I had what the average person in church had as far as in my walk with the Lord. And, and, uh, and then, you know, and then you get around other people who, who have something totally different that goes beyond just, you know, churching it on Sunday and, and you see the things in their lives and what God's doing and what they're involved in. I, you know, I don't know if it happens to everybody who's a believer, but I know that then in me, when I got around those people, I just, I just seen something that I guess you would say was real. You know, you can get in a pattern of going to church and do what you ought to do and that kind of stuff. And you can go, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, you know, and I hear something hopefully on Sunday that, that gives me some direction or some encouragement and that kind of stuff. And a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who come to church for different reasons. They come here to soothe their conscience, and some people come here because they have all kind of issues in their life and are looking for some kind of hope in that. And some people need encouragement, and, and, and some people are just, I think, totally confused and empty and and then some people want good entertainment. Uh, you're wasting your time for the entertainers, okay? But, um, but when you look at the church, when you look at the disciples of Jesus, you know, over the last few weeks, y'all probably hadn't caught it. But if you go back to when I started talking about a, the statement of the church and, and the fact that Jesus wants us to be and to make disciples, that's our, that's our sole purpose and our mission of the church is to honor and glorify him through that. That means that, if you're a born-again believer and God's Spirit's in you, then, then you're a disciple. You're a follower of Jesus, okay? You, you, my desire is to, to, to encourage you and to speak truth to you so that you quit listening to the lies that I know Satan uses to try to hinder what God wants in your life. I believe most of you would, I really think there's some of you in here who would just, you know, be, be set on fire if you could get past some of the things that that you believe that are not true about yourself most of you you know i don't i, I don't think maybe you got me fooled i don't think you're just purposely living a hypocritical life i just think that you don't believe the truth about what god's word says about you or jesus's desire for you so you just you settle you know and i do want to provoke you or prod you this morning like cattle prod to go quit settling and quit listening to that junk that the devil lies to you about. If you are, if you're silly enough to sit here and listen to this idiot, then you've got to believe something good about yourself. You got to believe that God can do with you what he what he's what he does for me, and I and I want that so bad for you. So when you look at the the disciples of Jesus, you know on this on this side of the cross after he was crucified and resurrected, I realized prior to that you look and they and they did they still did some goofy stuff afterwards but but you see a different spirit in them you know they were they were weak and they were fleshly driven and they were you know they forsook Jesus and fled the night that he that he was crucified but once he was raised to life you see a totally different group of people with mentality they're not they're not just you know fearful frail group of sunday churchgoers that have issues and confusion and and emptiness and they come to church to try to get counseling or or to be entertained what you see is a, a men who are who are full of courage who are full of faith who are on a mission to carry the gospel to the world they seen something that totally transformed their thought process, 
They saw something that totally gave them a, a, a hope and a courage, even in the face of their adversaries, even in the, the challenge and the difficulties that stood before them to carry out that mission that caused them to just be relentless. And what they saw was the, the love and the grace that Jesus offered them that totally changed their lives. And they believed what he said that he could do through them. And God, God still wants that today. God doesn't, God doesn't want a church full of, you know, the, what the world, too many times we listen to the world, you know, Christians are weak and they're frail and, you know, they need, they need a crutch and you hear all this different stuff. Like number one, I, I'm speaking for a lot of people in here and I'll speak for myself. I'm not weak and I'm not frail. I promise you that. And I don't need no crutch. You understand? I'll hit you with a crutch and I'll. <laughs> But I, that's not why I live for the Lord. I live for the Lord because I've seen something. And you too, you've seen, you've seen life and you've seen goodness and you've seen mercy and you've seen grace and you've seen the power of God's Spirit in your life. And if you hadn't, I just want to encourage you this morning not to settle for anything less than what God has for your life. You know, God, God wants us to live out our lives in fullness. You know, nothing about God is halfway. Everything he does is in fullness. He wants your life to be full of strength. He wants you to be full of courage. He wants you to experience the fullness. You know, Psalm 16 and 11 says, In his presence is the fullness of joy. And he wants you to have be full of love and, and hope and assurance. You know, I realized, like last Sunday, obviously that message had a little effect. Because last Sunday we had 300 people, and this Sunday we got 50. <laughs> It's all right. You know, sometimes those tough messages, here's where I'm at. Sometimes messages are tough and I want to get to your guts. I don't care nothing about you leaving out smelling like flowers and thinking great of yourself. I want you to leave out going, Jesus is awesome and he is my hope. And, and, and so, you know, messages like that might be tough on you, but, you know, you got to be tough in this world. But, but here's the thing. I, I don't preach things like that to cause you doubt. I preach things like that so that the Holy Spirit gives you assurance. God wants you to be fully assured that you belong to Him, that you have eternal life, that death is just a door you walk through that that opens up the doorway to life and you shake off this old flesh and you become who God intended you to be and Christ made that way for you. And then the other thing is fulfillment. I wonder how many people sitting here today say, I'm, I'm living in fulfillment in my life. My life is fulfilled. I feel like I'm fulfilling God's purpose and calling in my life. You know, I'm living in this fullness that, that you're talking about. And if you're not, the chances are, this is why. And, and again, I'm preaching to myself that, that you could be spiritually starving yourself to death. There are so many people that, that are confused about what it means to how you go about this. You know, I stand up here and I preach a lot of things, living abundant life, walking in God's power and experiencing all these things. You're like, I, I hear that and I desire that, but so many people miss how you go about that. It doesn't just happen. Remember, God's not just going to be like, you're sitting out there and you're like, Lord, give me that fullness. He's like, mm, and you walk and go, man, I just feel really full. God has a way. He teaches us His way. His Word leads us to those things in life so that we experience. That's what faith is. Faith is walking by the ways God's Word has set so that we experience that fullness of life that God wants for each one of us. And if you don't have that fullness, then you might be starving yourself to death. Because here's the thing. There is a divine connection. I'm fixing to start reading, okay? There's a divine connection between living in the fullness of life 
and, and experience and fulfillment in life connected to feeding on God's Word. Feeding on God's Word. And, and I want to stress, I'm not talking about just knowing the Bible. There's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of people here. I mean, I, I look over the crowd and see people like Miss Etoy and Miss Vernon and David and, and, and different ones of you that I know study God's Word who probably know a whole lot more than what I know in the Bible. So it's not just about knowing and having knowledge. I'm talking about feeding, eating the Word of God because that's, that's what gives you fullness. That's what gives you strength. And if, if Sunday, let me say this, and I, again, let me say that. This is an encouraging message if you don't get that, all right? I, I don't want you to be guilty this morning, you know, like, man, I don't read my Bible. God doesn't, let me say this, God doesn't need you to read the Bible. You understand, he doesn't, it's not like he profits by you reading the Bible. God doesn't sit up and go, man, I want him to read the Bible, I want him to read the Bible. You're like, oh, no, I need to start my day off, and I better read the Bible. And so you get your phone out, and you pull up your app, or you get your Bible out, or you turn something on, and like, okay, God, I did what you want to. We, we got this mentality, God's like, okay, you know, good job, now I'll bless you today, because you read the Bible, and it made me feel better. Like, God's Word is for us. God's Word benefits us. God doesn't need us for anything. He doesn't benefit whatsoever from anything from us, you know? And, and so reading God's Word, I don't want you to do it because you ought to. I want you to understand what comes from that and what the benefit of spending time feeding on God's Word does in your life or what, what, what happens if you don't, okay? You have to decide. And let me say this, I don't benefit from you reading God's Word. Because I'm going to read it, I'm going I'm to try to read it, and I'm going to try to feed on it. Because I, in my heart, personally desire to know the Lord, to have the full, I want a full life. I want to be full of, full of the things, I'm full of it. I want to be full of the things God's Word says to be full of, amen? So if you're here this morning and go, I don't care about that, you know what? Then you, you're out of here, you, you get up and go because there's no point in you being here. But if you're here and go, oh, I'll hear what you got to say, all right? Then listen to what God's Word has to say. Because if Sunday's the only day that you eat, then you're going to continually, you're going to continue to be spiritually unhealthy. And you're going to continue to be weak and empty and defeated. Some of you today, we're going to talk about food a lot, so I'm going to try to get you out of here quicker. But some of you today are going to go eat. Some of you are going to eat some nasty food somewhere. Some of you are going to eat some good food. Okay, Whether you eat nasty food or good food, you eat a bunch of either one. If Sunday was the only day that you ate, you might feel really good on Sunday, even if you eat a China buffet, right? You might feel really good on that day. Or you might go eat the biggest steak that, that this wretched town offers. And after you eat that thing... You might feel really full, like, man, this feels good. It's great, and I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. But, but, but if you're like me, about 3 o'clock, you start thinking about supper. If you just skip supper, some of you say, well, I, I do fasting, you know. Bull was with me this week. He, he brought such conviction. He's like, you know, I'm not going to eat. We just camp. He's like, I'm not going to eat a whole lot, you know, because I'm fasting, you know. I was like, really? God, good. I'm going to eat all of this for myself. <laughs> but some of you might, well, here's what I'm saying. You know where I'm going with this. Monday gets here. I don't care how holy you are, how much you want to die, you're hungry. Tuesday gets here, you're ready to kill somebody. Wednesday gets here, you're starving to death, start thinking about stealing stuff. Right? Yeah. 
If the only thing, if the only time that you eat spiritually is Sunday, if you just hear, it don't matter how good, whoever's up here, how, how depth it is or how good it's explained or whatever it is, you might walk in here and go, man, I feel good and I'm, I'm full this morning and da da da. But by, by Sunday afternoon, by Monday, your spirit starts growling and groaning going, I want you to feed me. I want you to feed me. If you wait till you know, Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, and some of you wonder why you start off, you know, Sunday's good, I like Sunday, but by the end of the week I'm so empty. And you start getting all the signs of hunger in your spiritual life, you don't know why. It's because God wants you to feed through the week for you, for you. And without that, you'll never experience the fullness of life. Now, when you look in John chapter 6, we're going to start off in verse 25. <clears throat> Jesus has just fed the multitude with the fish and the bread, okay? Then he goes across the sea. They come across and they find him. That's the setting here. They're talking to him. And he said, and when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and you were full." He's talking about physically filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal upon him. And then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And then Jesus answered, said, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes on me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you may, that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. And so there's a spirit and the spirit is parallel to the body in the sense of that it has to be fed. Now these people, at this point, were spiritually dead. They did not know the Lord. They had no relationship to Jesus. They didn't believe. They didn't see Him. They were there, He said, because He fed them. Physically fed them. He gave them something physically. And now they're, they're just following Him because they want more of that. There was nothing in them that triggered a spiritual desire. Think about this. A dead man doesn't get hungry. You don't stand over a casket and hear a stomach growling. He doesn't have any need for food. Why? Because his body is dead. And it's the same thing in the spirit. You know, people who are spiritually dead, if you've never been born again, then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that because of our sin, we're spiritually dead. You're, you're, you're two people. You have a physical body, okay? And inside of you, because God created you, there is a spiritual now, some of us are spiritually alive. In Christ, you've been raised to life. He's awakened your spirit through faith in what he's done for you on the cross. When you've trusted him as your savior, you, you, you're like a newborn baby, okay? When you first 
receive Christ. Then there are those who are spiritually dead. They've never repented, trusted in Jesus as their Savior. Still a spiritual on the inside, but they're dead. And think about this. That's why there is no hunger there. When, when Christ saves people, when, you, when your spirit is awakened, then God's spirit causes us to hunger. There's a hunger inside of us spiritually to go, I desire to know God's word. I have to be fed spiritually. I want to know the Lord. Just like when you're hungry here in a few minutes, somebody, your wife, probably going to bump you because your stomach's going to start going. It's your body signaling, I need to be fed. When you're a big old boy like me, it happens quite often. Whereas God's spirit groans also inside of us to go, your spirit man is starving to death and needs to be fed. He calls on you. Remember when Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, he said, blessed are those who hunger. Say, why in the world do you call it blessed? Why would he say if you're hungry, you're blessed? Because that means God's spirit's inside of you. That means he's causing you to hunger for him. It's causing you to hunger for truth, to know the things that are spiritual, okay? Blessed is he who hungers, for he shall be filled. And so I just want to, again, challenge you this morning. If you're sitting here and you go, I don't have, I don't have no desire for this stuff you're talking about, because you're dead. You understand? Biblical fact. Dead people aren't hungry. If you have no hunger, no desire to know God's word, to, to, to be fed by the Lord, to know these things and to grow in them, then, then something ain't right. I'll just say that. Something ain't right. Because it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 2, as newborn babes, somebody who is a, a new believer, as newborn babes desire, hunger for the sincere or the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Just as you when, when you have a little baby, that baby that baby keeps you up all night. Some of you here stay awake half the night because you got that little baby. That baby has no respect for 2 a.m. in the morning. When it gets hungry, it lets you know that desire is overwhelming. And you feed that baby milk, and you continue to feed that baby milk until one day you start shoving some rice in their belly so they'll sleep all night. And as they grow, why are they growing? Because you're feeding them what they desire and what they need. And they grow and they begin to mature. And they begin to experience a whole lot of different things in life. What would it be like if you just stayed a baby? And then you think about this. One of the things you hear kids saying when you was a little kid, what did you want? I can't wait to grow up. Why? Because it looks like grown-ups have so much fun. Till you, till you grew up, right? <laughs> But it is, I mean, I think, I wouldn't want to be a baby. You know, babies don't bow hunt, right? Babies don't get to drive, and babies don't have wives, and babies don't have kids, and babies don't get to experience and go and do whatever and act crazy and all that kind of stuff in life. Who wants to just be carried around all the time and change the diaper? But there's a lot of Christians who they stay babies their whole Christian life, and they're, they don't grow. And if you have a baby and, and, and you, you have that baby for a month and then six months and a year, two or three years, now you, if you walk in church carrying a three-year-old and it's still a baby, most people, you might, they might not say it, but they're like, something ain't right, right? Didn't she have that baby three or four years ago? That baby's still 20 inches long. What is good? You wouldn't go, oh, that's normal. That's normal. Look at all the other babies like that. 
But this is what, as Christians, we, we walk in the church and go, oh, I'll, I'll look like that person. And sometimes a church becomes a nursery. I'm not saying that negatively. This is for your sake. The Bible says, desire the word that you can grow so that you can experience the fullness of life that God has for you. Now, if you look in Hebrews, turn over to Hebrews chapter 5 real quick. I can hear your phones flipping. Hebrews chapter 5. You know, here's the thing. If you're sitting here just want to go, I, I do desire. I want to grow. I want to grow in the Lord. I want to know God's word. And then you're blessed. That's a good thing. It means God's spirit's inside of you. Because here's the thing. A carnal mind, a person who's not born of the spirit, has no desire for that. No desire to know God's word. No desire to know what God's commands are. No desire to know the Lord whatsoever. They don't want to be in God's word. They don't even enjoy hearing God's word. Yet there's so many people, would you agree, sitting in church today, go, I don't care about all that stuff, but I am a Christian. I'm saved. I hear that all the time. You know, Why do you preach on any message where you question our salvation? Because you be a pastor for a little while. When you, when you, when you talk to people and, 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 and they, they have that attitude, I don't care about all that Bible stuff, I'll be, man, you know, I'll go when I have to and blah, blah, blah. So when you die, where are you going? I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I'm like, you're, you're, an, you're an absolute moron is what you are. You understand that? I just say that biblically. You're biblically, you're a moron. So anyhow, <laughs> amen. That'd be, that'll cut us down about 25 next week, all right? <laughs> Preach yourself out of a job. Hebrews chapter 5, notice what it says in verse 12. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. Notice it didn't say there's a select group of people who are teachers. This is talking about everyone who was a part of this church. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And so what he's saying is, you people been you people been at this for a while, and you're still like babies. Now, I want to ask you something, serious question this morning. How many of you, when you leave here, after I keep you another 15 minutes, you're starving to death, you're going to go sit down at Whataburger and have you a big glass of milk? Some of you men are going to go home today and you're going to sit down and your wife got something going in the oven and she fixes her a big old slopping plate of backstrap and baked potatoes and, and corn and rolls and gravy and, and some, some of those nasty vegetables. And, and she sits down at the table and, and, then, and then you're like, oh, this looks good. This looks great. And, and she gives you a big heaping glass of milk and that's all you got. I know what y'all would say. I would be counseling you this afternoon. Then why is it that you think that all you need in God's Word and everything ought to be great in your life is just milk? Just give me a little milk. You come on Sunday, you get a little milk, and it's like, you know, I've heard it said, I've said it before. It's like some pastor has to get up and go, come on, baby. And you eat a little bit. You're like, why, not? why don't I have joy? Why don't me and my wife have a great marriage? How come my kids are living like I don't know what and I'm having to go visit them in the penitentiary every day? And, and why is it, you know, we got all this chaos in our family and our finances are a wreck and I, you know, I don't have peace and I, I'm so empty inside. I'm so angry. Why don't I have, I got all these issues. We need to go and talk to him. Well, you know what's going to happen? You come and talk to me or you come and talk to Willie and Tony or you talk to my wife or you talk to us. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to take, we're going to take the word and go, this is what the Bible says. If you'll do this, if you'll feed on this, It'll change everything. 
but but not just a little old glass of milk. You understand? <clears throat> and so he goes on. He, he says, "You know, your babes." And notice what he says: "But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil." And so Paul says, "Quit being babies now." Now Jesus goes, I'm going to go back, I'm going to flip real quick to Deuteronomy chapter 8. When Jesus says here in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life, he's referring to the manna. Now you remember back in, in, the, in the days of the wilderness when they were out of Egypt and they were walking through the, going through the wilderness there, that they were hungry and God fed a manna. It was a little square, basically, bread that fell from heaven. And each morning, they would go out and they would gather it up. And that's what they ate the whole time that they were in the wilderness. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting off in verse 2, the Lord says this, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. What for? To humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and then he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you to know. Notice what he says here, why did he do all that? That man shall not live by bread alone. Say, God started off through humbling them. That means God allows the tests in your life. He allows the struggles. He allows the issues. Even the ones we bring about ourselves, He allows those things. And what does He do it for? In order to teach us that you will never have a full life or you will never be alive apart from feeding on God's Word. Think about this. These people, and this is some of the signals. You know, like your body gives you signals when you're hungry. That's another thing bull witnessed to this week. When I get hungry... I'm, I change. Am I, Bull's like, are you diabetic? I, was like, I don't know my feet. But when, here's how you know. We would go out. We would hunt in the afternoon. We, in case nobody knows, we went hunting camping this week. My wife was with us. and Anyhow, you know, I, I eat in the morning. I eat lunch. I'm an eater, all right? And so in the afternoon, you know, we would go out and hunt. And then by the time you got out of the woods, I'm past. My wife normally cooks me supper about 5 o'clock. She cooks. She cooks good stuff. She piles it on, obviously. And I'm grateful for it. So when it's 7 o'clock, I done had a transformation. Amen. My wife knows what's going on. She's like, oh, he needs some food. When we would get back to camp, she'd be throwing chips and salsa and all kinds of stuff out there while we was cooking because she knew because I turned into a bear. That's why I go. Fasting is not good for me. It's not from food. You know, some people, they fast, they get more spiritual. I fast, I turn into the devil. So I got to fast from, from from some things. I don't know if it's the sugar level or what happens. It drops, and there I, I just I turn into a bear. And then my wife puts food on the table. I'm just, you know, everything's good. So there, Dave knows all about it. He's been around. But so here's the thing: my body is sending signals. Feed me, right? You get weak. You get tired. You get I get angry. You get frustrated. You know, and all of a sudden your nature changes. Well, when, you, when you're hungry spiritually and you're starving to death like right now, your spirit sends signals. And these people, we see that in those people. And here's the thing. There are some people who are always searching. You're always searching. You never find what you're looking for in life. 
always searching. There are some people who are never satisfied. It says in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 58 or 55, 55 or 58, it says, Why do you labor for that which cannot satisfy? You work your whole life searching and you never satisfy. You're never fulfilled. Emptiness and frustration. Chronic complaining. Involving yourselves in harmful things. I've got to give you this illustration. Me and her were talking about it last night. I said, you know, here's the thing. When I'm hungry like that, you throw something down in front of me, I'm liable to eat whatever. Ain't no telling what I'll eat that I'll shove into my mouth just because i got to have something to eat. We do the same thing spiritually. When we are so spiritually empty, that's why we involve our lives and partake of things that we know are not good for us. That are harmful to us, but we're so empty, we just want something. And when the soul is empty, you know, all of a sudden we start looking for a physical... um, I'm not going to say a physical answer. It is a physical answer for a spiritual problem, but it it is a physical... Um, moment of just let me just give me peace for just a minute just give me a pleasure for just a minute you know some people they get so hungry spiritually that's why they'll and let me say this to single people sometimes you get you're so empty on the inside spiritually that you will partake of an absolute nutcase in a relationship just so that you go, I'm just, I feel lonely, I feel empty, I'm, I'm not satisfied, da-da-da, so I'm going to go, oh, he is, he's a cutie, and I'm going to go after him, even though he's sitting there smoking meth and, and selling it on the corner, and, and he doesn't have a job, and he just beat up his last two girlfriends that he wasn't willing to marry. But you know what? I just, i got to have somebody. That's called, that would be like me when I'm so hungry, I'm going to go out and eat a cow patty. I know it doesn't make sense. If you saw me do it, it'd be like crazy. I see y'all doing some stuff. I'm like, this is insane. What are you thinking? Oh, I'm going to bring him to church. Yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm going to bring some grass to church. We all going to eat, and you're going to and you're going to stay empty, pointless living. That's the signs of a hungry soul, along with a lot of other ones. But here's the thing: they were he allowed them to hunger, and then he fed them. That's why Jesus said, "Now I'm the manna. I'm 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 what God has sent from heaven." In order to fulfill. And I want you to get this. Because this is the finishing up. And this is the simple part of the message. But if you don't get this. You're going to miss the whole thing. He said. And if anyone comes to me. They'll never hunger. So what do you get out of that? You got to come to him. Listen to me. This is not just about salvation. You got to continue to come to him. When you eat physically. Okay. You don't just come once. You continue to come. Why? Because you taste and see that it's good. The Bible said, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you're saved, it's, if when a person hears God's word and they're saved, like, all right, I got it. That would be like me going to see and go, I'll eat a hamburger. That's it for the rest of my life. Man, I ought to be strong and healthy. You know what? I, I went out and ate some celery and I baked it and, 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 you know, I poured some, you know, something good. I don't even know what's good on top of it. So there, and I ate that. That means for the rest of my life, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in shape, six packing it. Right? Stomach. Get that? And some people think that that coming to the Lord is like this one-time thing. I got saved. Shouldn't I have and experience all of those things he said he would give me? He said, don't you hunger? Don't you want to come back? Don't you want to continue to feed? I mean, how many of you, if you want to be honest, I know there's some... I'm going to be careful what I say. 
how many of you counted a labor to eat? You know, after church today, how many of you going to go, man, we got to go eat? You're thinking about it right now. You wish I would just shut up. Because what you're thinking is, man, I can't wait to go eat. Shouldn't our spirit, if you're a believer, shouldn't be like, man, I'm excited about hearing God's word. I'm excited to, to get into God's word and feed on it. You don't go, man, it's miserable to eat this double, double meat, double bacon cheeseburger with all, I gotta quit all that. And so it's not, reading God's word, being in God's word and feeding on it shouldn't be a chore. You've been, you've been deceived if it is. But here's the thing, you've gotta come to him and you, Remember what Jesus prayed when he was teaching to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. They went out and gathered manna every day. So you telling me that, that I have to read my Bible every day? No, you don't have to. You don't have to eat every day. You can survive. You don't have to eat. You can go, I think you can go about 40 days without food before you collapse. How many of you do that? How many of you went all week just because you go, I just don't feel like, I just don't get that whole eating thing. I don't understand, you know, the, the meat and the potatoes. I just, I just, I just, you didn't. You just, you pump it in. Amen? But you have to eat it. So what do you mean by eat it? Knowing about food doesn't satisfy your hunger. I can tell you what I cooked last night. It was really good. I won't. But I can tell you, and if you know it, it ain't like, yo, all right, keep preaching because I'm full now. Watching others eat is not going to satisfy you. If you think it is, try it. Go sit down at lunch today and don't order anything. Watch everybody around you eat and get up and go, man... That'll carry me for two or three days. It just makes you more hungry, doesn't it? Talking about food's not going to satisfy your hunger. And here's the thing. You can't continue to live off what you've previously ate. So, so no one, no one, I know the Bible. I know the Bible. Do you read the Bible? No, I know the Bible. Well, I know about food. You're starving to death. I'm living off of what I previously ate. Yeah, that's going to last me 30 minutes, some of you a week, some of you. But the point is, God said, if you want to grow and you want to be strong and you want your life to be full and you want to experience the fullness that I have for you, then come to the, come to the table. Come feed on my word. Eat it. You know, I believe it was in Ezekiel. He said, take the book that I've written my word in and eat it and then speak it. We have to partake. It has to become you. You can look at food all day long. You can listen to me talk about food all day long. But if you don't ingest it, it's not going to make you nothing. It's not going to benefit you whatsoever. And so in finishing, obviously this this is a real simple message. But you first have to be alive. If you're sitting here this morning and go, I don't have a desire for any of that. then, then, Then quit telling everybody you're saved. If the word of God, if there is no hunger in you whatsoever, and you think, because cause think about this. I could leave here today. I could go to a restaurant. I could walk in. I could sit down. I could look at the menu. I could order the food. It could sit there in front of me. I could get up. I could walk out. I went through the whole ceremony just like everybody else did. I'm still hungry. You can come up to the front. You can say your words. You can go through baptism. You can do all these things. You can walk out of here dead as you was when you come in. If you don't know Jesus, you hadn't been made alive, then you don't have no hunger. You're just trying to find satisfaction through the things in the world, and you spend everything you got laboring for what perishes that can never give you life. You need to trust in the Lord and let Him raise your spirit to life. Secondly, you got to start with the milk and grow. Everybody wants to just jump in there. I want to know the Bible. It's not about knowing the Bible. It's about just eating each day. Just enjoy it. 
And you got to start somewhere. Why is it people get saved and go, I want to know the book of Revelation? <laughs> yeah, right. And scholars do too. Why don't you start off with a little bit? And then as you grow, then you'll start eating some meat. You know, last week we were at a get-together and, and uh, Ridge, uh, Jeremy's littlest one out of the 13, he's got Maddie was holding, and, and I had a piece of, what was a little piece of bread or something, I don't know what it was, a little bitty, and he's, you know, he's on the milk. And I just stuck it up to him, and he stuck his tongue out, and he made face, and we were laughing about it and all that. Sometimes that's what we do with God's Word. You know, like, I, don't, I don't get this. He didn't get it. Now, you give him a few months, and he'll be biting your finger off. But if you don't never introduce him to it, he's never going to get it. He's just going to think, all there is is milk. As you get into God's Word, you can understand God's Word. You don't have to have scholars telling you, I'm a backwoods, uneducated, ignorant individual. I've never been to a higher teaching. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I shouldn't, didn't take that opportunity. But this is what I know. Even prior before I was preaching, when I desired and I had that hunger and I would go to God's Word and I'd read it, now did I walk away and go, okay, I'm ready to give you three points in a poem. No, I didn't. I might, I might just have something to go, wow, man, that, that right there. And I would chew on it. You know how you eat a steak when you're a baby and you ain't got no teeth? You chew on it and you chew on it and you chew on it. And when you get into God's word, eating it means I'm going to chew on it. Quit trying to cover, quit trying to treat it like it's a buffet. Some of y'all, God bless you, if you go, I won't call it out, but if you go to that buffet here in town, there's a couple of them. You just eat all you can eat. I've seen some people before, they go in and just pile it on in the morning. It's, you feel like you're getting your money's worth when you eat a bunch, right? Even if it's nasty. You eat a bunch, every like, yeah, that was, that was good. Why? Because I'm, I eat a, and we treat God's word like, like I'm going to read a bunch. I'm going to get here, I'm going to read a whole book of John. And you walk away and go, I really didn't get nothing out of that. You're better off to chew on one verse. Don't try to be a scholar overnight. Just go to God's word and God to pray. I'm going to teach you how to read your Bible right here. Lord, I'm not here because I'm guilty. I'm not here because I'm trying to make you happy. I'm here because I, I'm hungry and I want you to feed me. Lord, will you, will you just speak to me? And I'm going to start off in, I'm not going to Malachi or Nahum. You understand? I've never even preached out of Nahum. I don't know what's, I'm going to go with something simple out like the book of John. I'm going to take the scripture that the preacher preached on this week and I'm just going to chew on that because I want to know what you want to feed me. You fed him. And you know how I get my messages? Literally, I'll start on Monday and I'll chew on it all week long. I'll take one text. I don't, you know, I might read along with it, but I take one text and I will chew on that thing up and spit it out and re regurgitate, chew on it and chew on it. And that's what it takes me to understand it and get it and pray my way through it and listen for God to show me what he's trying to teach me. I don't, I don't just want to feed you. I want to be fed. I want to grow. And I just want to encourage you. You're not ignorant. You're not stupid. You're not uneducated. You're not, none of those things. Guys, I'll take, I'll take the most uneducated people, just like you did disciples, and I'll, if you'll just seek me, I'll feed you. And I'll grow you. And you can have those things. And you know what's going to happen when you start that? And I just want to challenge you this week. This is going to be crazy. Wow. But every time that you feed yourself physically, I'm going to challenge you to feed yourself spiritually. In the morning when you sit down, I ain't talking about having to read a hotel anymore. Sit down if you have your Bible or you pull up your phone. All right, I'm gonna eat my breakfast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a I'm gonna read a verse. I'm gonna read a scripture. I'm gonna just think about that. I'm gonna chew on that while I work. And at lunch, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. And at supper time, you know, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says when you sit at the table, talk to your kids about God's word. You know, feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself. 
And here's what's going to happen when you do. If you'll do that for a time period, I'm not talking about, you know, I did that for two days and I didn't see nothing. <laughs> well, you know what? You can eat healthy for two days still be fat. <laughs> Takes a little time. Give God a little time on both ends, okay? But here's what will happen. You'll begin to see your spirit thrive. And your mind's going to be empowered. Your life's going to be transformed. And the best thing is you're going to see and hear the Lord. And you know what you're going to do? You're, come to church, you're going to come to church and go, I don't need you to feed me today. I'm here to feed people. I'm here to encourage people. I, I'm here to, t- I can go home. I don't preach. I don't need you to teach my kids about Jesus. I'm teaching them about Jesus. You know why? Because I'm in the Word and I'm growing. He's feeding me and I'm becoming strong. You know, maybe you'll be a model for Christian GQ. I don't know. But, but this, I just, just want to encourage you. Because here's where I'm at. I've studied the Bible now. Almost every day for probably 25 years now. And you take a week like this week. Say, what spurred this message? I took a week this week and I camped. I didn't forget about God. And I read the Bible. But there's a difference between reading it and feeding on it. And I got to the end of the week and I just felt, I did. I felt like, man, Lord, I just feel weak. And I I don't feel like I normally feel spiritually. You know, I'm I'm not ready to preach. I'm not. He's like, it's because you're starving. One week, all it took me, and maybe a couple of days, all it takes me, and I've been studying for 25 years. So I just want to encourage you. If you want to know the Lord, and you want to have fullness of life, there is no fullness of life apart from you digging into God's Word and going, all right, God, I, I want to know you, and I want you to feed me. Now, that's a simple message. You do what you want to with it because it's your life. If you're here this morning, you don't have no hunger. You search your soul and go, I don't have no desire. I pray. My, my greatest prayer is that God's Spirit continues to stir you to go, do I really know the Lord is my Savior? And you might, need, you might need to turn to the Lord today. And if you're here and you're starving to death, you know what? You're fixing to get up and you're going to go out that door and you're heading straight to the home or to the restaurant. If you take that mentality with God's Word, your life will be radically changed. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? <clears throat> Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you that you love us and, and you allow us, you allow us to, to make our choices. And God, so many times the choices we make to try to find life and so many other things just leaves us hungry and weak and, and empty, Lord. And I just pray, God, thank you that you're willing to feed us when we come to you. And God, your word gives us strength and your word gives us wisdom. And Lord, you cause us to shine as lights above all other people, Lord. I just pray... God, that this people would, would believe that and that the hunger that you've placed in their soul, Lord, they would, they would search it out and they would get into your word, not let the devil discourage them. And God, they'd hear your voice and they'd see the power of life transformation your word brings about in our lives. And God, I just pray you give us a heart of obedience, not just to read it, but God, to, to walk in your word and to see what you're willing to do in and through us, Lord, so that we look up in time to come and we're we're spiritually healthy and our life is full and we're fulfilling your calling and purpose in our life. And other people are changed because of what you're doing through us. God, I pray that you bless them. For somebody here, Lord, they don't have that hunger, Lord. All they're looking for is what the world provides. God, I pray they change this morning the table that they're eating at, Lord. I pray they come to you, trust in you, Lord, and begin to walk with you, Lord, as, you, as their daddy. And God, that you would just lead them and feed them. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.